Welcome back to Journey Map, the craft and crew podcast where we dive deep into the professional and oftentimes very personal journeys of notable agency people. My name is Dave Hale, and today I'm joined by David Barnes, President and Creative Director at Charette. In this episode, we talk about the role of creativity throughout his life, the career jumps that he made over the last few years, and how interviewing different agencies pushed him to start his own. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Thank you for taking this journey with us today. It's always a good day when we have a David on Journey Map, uh, David Barnes of Charette. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Where to begin? Um, I was just saying to you, we're, one of the things I'm, I'm really fascinated by is you've had quite the active uh, few years from the, the last four or five years. And so I'm looking forward to diving in there um, and you know, ultimately to give a little bit of a tease of, of where things are going. Um, you had found your own agency in Charette uh, just in the not too uh, recent past. So uh, in 2022, yeah, the fall of 22, fall of 22 yeah. and, and thus far things are seemingly going incredibly well. And I want to get into all that story and, and everything else too. But this is Journey Map, so we have to start somewhere. And uh, what I wanted to know, you know, I, I love how if you go on the Shred site, um, you've got yourself and your position separately, you have a managing director uh, in, in place. And, and I do have a lot of respect for creative leaders who want to start their own agencies, but recognize what their core skill set and passion and so on and so forth is. And clearly you've done that. So the question, I guess, is as someone who still, even as the owner of the agency, but is identifying as its creative leader, um, what was the first time in your life you remember doing your first creative project, like the thing that stands out for you that maybe helped seal some of your identity of I'm a creative person. And I think I'm going to try to pursue that, uh, that life. Yeah. So that's interesting. So, you know, I grew up in the music scene, the house music scene, kind of like as it really sprung up in Toronto. And my first, the first creative project was throwing a party together and like, getting the look and feel. I remember the name. It was called Sold Out, like S-O-U-L, you know, it was funny. It was fun. Um, and just putting the whole, putting the experience together, putting the uh, creative together for that, putting the, uh, you know, doing the experience design around the night, the music, how, how the music would come together, what people would see and how they would experience the space. You know, I was still in college, when I did that, and and that to me, I just truly loved and had an affinity for, and and sharing that with people, that sealed the deal. I knew I loved it right then and there. So the number of guests we've had on where their their backstory is a music scene and then had to go somewhere. Um, if we were just to actually keep track, I'm sure it's in the dozens at this point. Um, why make the jump into into advertising? You did an advertising diploma at Sheridan College uh, here in Canada. You know, when when you got into that program, did you know right away that you had you had made the right decision and, and found the right place, or did it take you a little while to kind of you know sort through what was going to be your your angle within the industry? Yeah, no, I I knew right away because even back at that time, I had a fascination with kind of like magazine racks. Like I like to go and just like pick up the applied arts and the communication arts. And I was just, I loved strong, bold visual design. 
And, and being in the advertising program, I got to learn kind of the backstory, the strategy, how design can solve business problems and challenges. And I really started to understand the business. And I knew that I couldn't just do art for art's sake. Well, I could, but I knew I, I wasn't going to make much of a living at it. So, so I was like, how do I commercialize this thing that I love? And, uh, and advertising just, you know, brought me that opportunity. So um, you, you've not ended your education at Sheridan. I think you also went to York University for a bit. But the thing I, I wanted to emphasize is a few years ago, you did the executive education uh, in business management, marketing and innovation at Yale School of Management. Um, you had been in the business for a long time. We're going to talk about again, like kind of rising with, with large center around creative direction. Why was it like at that time that you decided, hey, I, I want to get into that business management uh, side of things? Did you know that you were going to look to start your own agency in the next few years or your own business in the next few years? And, and or, you know, ultimately, why did you go that path? Yeah, I, I started really feeling confident and kind of like my, my professional prowess, how I was delivering the service, how I was interacting with clients. Um, you know, I had a lot of wins under my belt. I, I felt really confident about the way I approached the business. I had a, a strong process in place. And when the opportunity for Yale, a colleague of mine actually signed up for it and then, you know, brought my attention to it. And I thought, hey, what a great opportunity to kind of level up my skills, really in the right forum around the right people. And I also wanted to... to to make some new connections. I wanted to move out of my own um, sphere of influence and, and, and have some more inputs. So I thought this is what an excellent opportunity. Actually, I went twice. They did the program and then there was a follow-up to the program, but some of the relationships I built through that, and we're only talking, it's like four days. So, you know, really eight days at Yale. But it, but it, it, it was like the, the Rolls Royce service, right? Like it was an incredible experience. But the connections and the relationships I built there are still influencing my business today. So, um, you know, it's, it's been really, really good. So we couldn't find any dirt about you pre-1999, but you know, you co-founded this marketing consulting agency, um, really kind of like before it's time a little bit in terms of like youth and young adult focus, um, clients, you know, those kinds of agencies, I remember like Mr. Youth and we did some work with them actually at the Toronto office back, you know, probably a decade ago or more now. Um, but that wasn't a huge thing like youth marketing focused in, in at that time, what was it, you know, that you felt you had to contribute, um, to those kinds of clients and that you would kind of create ideal minds, the, the agency. Yeah, so that's interesting. And that really grew out of, uh, before Ideal Minds, I had a, a design firm called Telepathic Visual Communication. So we were doing lots of work kind of in hospitality. We were doing lots of work in fashion. We were doing lots of work in the music scene at that point. And I, I saw an opportunity to level up what we were doing at, at a more, at more of a, a global kind of like, um, blue chip business approach. So I saw what was happening back then is, and I hate to say it even now, is there was a big surge in tobacco marketing, right? So Benson and Hedges, 
um, Japan Tobacco, which had like um, Camel in Canada and Export A. And they were really, really pushing on kind of like the in-bar marketing. You could still smoke in the clubs. And they, they were really um, trying to dig into the youth market while they could still market. Uh, and, and I just saw a lot of programs really being done um, really half-assed. I thought the insights were really bad. Some of the work that was being done by uh, traditional agencies at the time, I just felt lackluster. Uh, so, so I made it a point. I, I said to myself, we're going to go after some of these clients. And if we do, well, we'll be an agency then and we'll rebrand at that point. So um, we ended up going after uh, Japan Tobacco. They had a small, well, it wasn't small. They they handled camel cigarettes in Canada and it was nationwide. And we went after that and we pitched them. And 18 months later, we won the business. And um, I re- I'll never forget because they, they, we build them for our thinking up front. So all the work we had, we had done, the strategy, the proposals, um, uh, the planning, up to winning the business, we ended up billing them for that. And that first check that came in, that changed my life. Cause I was like, this is the business to be in. Like, it's great. We can, we can get paid beyond our outputs. We can get paid for our thinking and our thinking is it's, it's cultural. It's, it's, it's street smarts. It's yeah. um, understanding the behaviors and the attitudes that aren't really necessarily being tracked followed or or understood by at that time a lot of the traditional agencies so ideal ideal minds was born out of that so you would reference your your tactics at the time as being invisibly cool what uh what does that term mean and what are some examples of it at that time invisible cool like we're talking about a time when there wasn't a common belief that brands could understand kind of like what was simmering culturally and in, in, in the urban, in the urban environment and the urban youth environment. So for us showing up in the right places, like in, we were showing up at um, different events, we were hosting really super cool kind of like unpublicized events, but we were showing up in much more of an art form so that the brand was invisibly cool. So at the time we were showing up in really interesting arty projections. So it was unlike, it wasn't like a normal kind of branded um, piece. It was more like branded integrated with art or the way we were um, dressing the host. It was less of an obvious brand play and more of an invisible cool play. But the brand was getting the association less of a heavy handed brand hit. Gotcha. And how have you felt that in the you know 20 years since that idea of invisible cool and pre-internet and all this kind of stuff, like how have you seen that evolve? And and do you think about this? And I'm going to draw a little bit of a connection to Charette, but um, do you still think about those concepts or, or, or strategies in, in the work that you're doing today? Yeah. Cause now, now they just call them like uh, aha moments, you know, that whole, thinking has has kind of turned into how can your audience discover your brand? So you're not making the full connection, but you're letting the audience kind of finish the story so that 
your audience is buying into your brand rather than you selling your brand to your audience. And it can show up, you know, through culture, through art, through music, through fashion, through kind of branded content now. Um, so that you're really just being part of the conversation and part of the experience rather than being the arbiter of the experience. So one of the, I'm also interested in kind of this, you, you have this period of your career, you go back and forth a little bit, kind of client side, agency side, client side, um, working at places uh, like skin science and then over to community agency, um, you know, before community agency was even what it is today um, in terms of size, then over to great golf where the executive creative director and then executive director of brand and innovation. Um, and then back to, you know, executive creative director at the mint agency. So that period of your career, if we were, you don't have to go into detail in each of those stops, but like, what was it in your life at the time or for your career development that you liked this kind of like client side, agency side, client side, agency side, um, back and forth? Cause I want to understand the full picture. I wanted to play for both teams to understand the, the nuance of the business. The agency side is a grind. You're in the service business. You're always at the whim of your client and you've got to manage their expectations, the relationships, the, um, the client side, you're dealing with the budget, but you're still, you're, it's still political. You have to deal with all your inner office politics there, but in a different sense and in a different way. And I think it's good to move around. You know, I think it's good to get different experiences and as well as you climb up, your opinion matters more and you really have to stand behind it more and more because at the end of the day, creative and leadership and strategy, it's your POV on things. And you're going to hit some, get some headwinds. You're not always going to connect with everyone. And I think that as you kind of rise through the ranks, if you want to keep your relevance, right. And especially if you're driven by a lot of, um, you know, personal values and things that you really want to, uh, kind of make happen in your own life, then, you know, it, it, it can get rocky at times, right? Yeah. So as you were getting that full picture and seeing both sides, um, what would you say was like the number one insight that uh, your time client side left you with? Because, you know, you would then go on a, a continual run of agencies up until to founding your own again. Um, so, you know, again, if you're, you guys have had some explosive growth, you know, founded not even a year ago, uh, 15 plus team members already. So as you're onboarding those people, you know, what would you say to a, a young uh, strategist who's joined the agency um, about, you know, something that you learned an insight client side that you think is still very relevant to how you think about uh, your business now today? Yeah. Uh, you know, I go back to like basic stuff, like under promise over deliver, right? Every time we want to bring added value to the table in every single interaction and you know, never let the client lead. Even you can let the client think they're leading, but it, once the client's leading, that account is on uh, downward tra trajectory. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, always lead the business, stay on top of it, be entrepreneurial, pretend you're servicing yourself. How would you, you know, if you were paying for something, how would you expect to be to be worked with? Like what, what service level would you expect? What, if, if you over-deliver, you win their trust. And when you win their trust, then you can make magic happen. But until you have the trust of the client, almost nothing can happen. 
we're, we're just here to win their trust and then earn it and keep it. Yeah. You know, do, do you think that um, when you look back uh, on, on the time spent client side, if you could then give the, those clients feedback, I'm sure you did while you were there, but you know, it's different now that you're on the other side of the equation. Um, if you could give feedback the other way in terms of, you know, even what you see with your clients today, what you found when you were client side at the time, you know, what is the number one thing you think that will strengthen and improve like agency client relationships um, from someone who's been on, on both sides? Well, it, that is simple. It's like, trust your agency. Be very meticulous about who you hire, but when you hire them, trust them completely, right? And yeah. trust them for the outcomes, right? Don't micromanage them. Don't get in the business. You know, they present three concepts, pick the best one, run with it and see where it goes. Build trust with them because that's the only way to really leverage the opportunity. The minute the client starts micromanaging, they're, they're minimizing the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I loved working with agencies. That was the best part of being clients. Yeah. Well, I think that, I think that there's, um, you know, now we're seeing new models emerging where you even have agencies that are like, we are doing ideas. And then agencies are like, we are doing production and execution. <laughs> and I think, you right. know, now more than ever, you if you're a client who's like, hey, what I need is a production level partner, like those exist. You can go out and find them. You right. see what CIBC did recently, et cetera, et cetera. Like these, they, they exist and you can go and buy and, and partner with them. If, if I think about like the Hollywood model and why... Hollywood, not a place that's known for being very fair to a lot of people and whatever, still more fair than advertising in that, you know, if you're a writer and you write a script, the studio will buy your script. The movie will probably not be made, <laughs> Like, we're, but we're going to get the script. We're going to get the idea. We now own the IP. Should we choose to option or, 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 you know, make the movie, you might get a few more points down the line, but like, we've actually paid you for the work now. Right. So I like that story of yours. Um, where, you know, you guys actually getting paid and then, you know, it took 18 months, but then got to execute after that. The last few years, um, seemingly uh, very busy on on your end. Um, I'm just going to read these out so, that, so we get the idea of like where you've been and, and now where you've landed. VP Exec Creative Director at the Mint Agency. Uh, VP Creative Director at Mindshape. President and Executive Creative Director at King Street Media. Associate uh, and Executive Creative director at Cult Collective. I want to touch on that for a second. Uh, and then founding uh, Charette. What was it that kept you kind of moving during that period? And what was it that through those experiences ultimately had you say, I'm going to go and do my own thing? Yeah, it, it's interesting. And to answer that, I'm going to just back up one little bit because I had a very interesting opportunity. So I was at Great Golf. And we knew we were going to build the Frank Gehry Tower, which is the tower forma, is the Frank Gehry Tower. It's built on, on top of the, the, um, the, the Princess of Wales Theatre on King Street, okay? So tallest building in Toronto at the time it was conceived. And, and the president, uh, Chris Wine, he came to me and he goes, we're building this, this building with Frank Gehry. It's going to be a billion-dollar project. Was it a billion or a hundred million? I don't know. It was a lot. Yeah, probably a billion. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a billion. You know, clearly I was in the numbers guy. But he's yeah. like, we have to make it awesome. Let's find out who we're working with. So I kind of sat back and I said to myself, 
here's my opportunity to interview every agency that I admire in the world. So I got work. I saw Mother. I saw Landor. I, I saw Pentagram. I, Michael Beirut, who I, I met at Yale, messaged him. Now we're in New York meeting with Pentagram. We met with Anomaly. We met with a, a bunch of different agencies. But I got to present that RFP and then see the response from all these, like the top agencies in the world that, you know, the ones I really respected. Watson, New York as well. So through that experience, I was like, like, these guys are good. The work is good. The things are great. But I can do this work. I'm as good as these guys. <laughs> um, you, you know, and like they've capitalized on opportunities and they've done some really smart thinking and like, with, I, I'm not discrediting them, but I was like, I'm in this realm. I, I, I know I am. So after kind of having, kind of being able to look, you know, open the door and look under the hood of all these agencies, see how they approach the business, see how they price it, see how they presented it, see how they presented themselves, how they differentiated themselves. I got this bug that like, you know, my long-term game has, has to be my own thing. And that, that seed got planted then. So then, you know, I did my little tour of agencies and I was that agency leadership. And you know what? It was great. And if I just wanted to kind of play safe and go, go along and be a yes man, I'd still be at one of them. But I have my own ideas about how to service clients, what presenting value means, you know, what the what the duty of the agency and what our responsibility is to these clients. And it's, it, it's a high ideal in many cases. And there's not a lot of shops that can deliver on that. You know, I think Mint is the exception. That, that agency is excellent. And, you know, they're doing some fantastic work and they have very high standards. You know, it, it was hard to settle in, especially at a leadership level when I kind of had this, firing me to prove myself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was at uh, King Street. We had a one-year contract, kind of be the president there, you know, leadership role there. I just felt that if I didn't, if I didn't do my own thing now, when am I going to do it? You know, that was kind of what sat with me. So Charette was born. There you go. I, I said, I, I wanted to take one little detour at, uh, at cult because uh, I hadn't known you were there and I, I have a, a bit of a history. We went to the, I went to the first gathering ever that existed. Amazing. Um, and was the, that 2015 or 14? Uh, yeah. Whichever one of those years it was the first one. Um, yeah. And uh, what was amazing about it was that uh, a colleague of ours had actually been getting married uh, down South. So like I was away, came home, immediately go out to Banff, have no expectations, no idea of what I'm getting into. And it really, the big impact it had on me, I left my business partner at the time had, was there with me too. I, I said, this is what it looks like for if you're going to like sponsor conferences or events or whatever, why the fuck would you ever give 50 grand here, 20 grand there, 100 grand there, whatever, just put up the 250 grand and do it yourself and make it your own conference that you own and, and whatever. And it really had this like lasting impact impact on me in terms of an agency 
with agency, like an agency that said, we will do entrepreneurial things. We will put our brand at the center, not like a, a and we still have a, a saying today. Um, I just had a, a conversation with our, our comms director this morning where uh, I had flipped over like a, a some sponsor opportunity. Um, and, and she goes, hey, hey, this is not really aligned with our brand. B, aren't you the like, we are the the brand guy? Like, you know, we do things. We're at the center. Um, it's like host your own podcasts. You don't need to yeah. participate in other ones like that, that kind of a thing. Um, so I just wanted to know, like, I I thought it was, like, they were doing some pretty cool work at the time and the Harley Davidson account and all this kind of stuff. I, I met Chris Nealand a bunch of times and kind of hit it off. Um, I love those guys. Yeah. So Brad, the president's a really good friend of mine for years and years. And Chris and Ryan are just amazing entrepreneurs. They're both mentors of mine. Uh, look up to them a lot. Um, and the, the gathering is a one of a kind. So I was there last year. I took the King Street Media team there and it really, I think, opened their eyes to kind of like, you know, the world of marketing and, you know, just that kind of really brand centric thinking. They got their whole how to become a cult brand, uh, you, you know, train of thought and thinking and the way they service their clients. They're like a true uh, consultancy. Uh, brand consultancy and yeah i really yep. admire them and I, I went last year and it was off the chain like it was so good and i'm thinking of going back again this year i think it's in september yeah amazing stuff well shout out to them but on to charrette now let's start with the name because normally a name like a charrette i would assume i'm speaking to david charrette but i'm not so uh where does the name come from and what's it what's its meaning so it's 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 really interesting actually it comes from it, it comes from the architecture and design industry um and field and it it's it's a phrase for a design meeting a shred is a design meeting where you bring in uh all the stakeholders it's an intensive period of planning where you're really outcome driven and i heard it in in when i was working at great golf uh my president came to me he's like we're gonna we're gonna hold a shred and so it was a sustainability charrette about how we can, you know, really move the needle on our sustainable initiatives company wide. So we had everyone from every department and we had a whole uh, series of workshops. We did it at the AGO, uh, like it was a full uh, intensive day. And it really, we got some really good results out and really brought the team together. And after that experience, I was, I started thinking, it was like, marketing, everything takes so long. Why does everything take so long? Where are all these people? Who are all these people? You're in these meetings, there's 15 people. You're like, what is everyone doing? I'm just, you know, trying to create a campaign or a brand. Like, like, am I paying for all these people? All these, you know, things. I just felt like the machine is too bloated so the idea of the shred the intensive planning intensive meeting intensive work truncating the timelines um getting the right people uh to the table and, and getting to outcomes quicker yeah well it's funny uh my my best friend he and his family own a insurance and investments business so you know i'm kind of beholden to uh you know to, to them as a, as a partner but um early in my uh entrepreneurial career got courted by this other competitor of theirs uh actually here in ottawa and and he he was a former football guy and he sat my business partner and i down and very aggressively is like you need a team 
you need your insurance guy, your investments guy, your lawyer, your accountant, uh, whoever. And we all need to be at the table at the same time for every conversation you have. Like that's the only way you're going to get the best outcome for your business, for yourselves, whatever. And we were so young at the time. And again, I had this like loyalty to my friend and whatever. But I think about this guy often. He's basically describing your charrette, like this idea that, um, you just need to get the right people in the room, get down, get to work and, and have all those perspectives that are, are coming and hitting it. That's really interesting. I've learned a new word today. I honestly thought this was going to be like an homage to somebody's name. And that's a real, that's in terms of founding uh, name stories, that one's pretty up there. And I talked to a lot of people. Yeah. But this does, that's so funny. I have an even funnier part that I left out, but I'll tell you now. So when Chris, when Chris wanted to throw this meeting, he says to me, he goes, we're going to throw a charrette. I was like, yeah, okay. He's like, you don't know what a charrette is, do you? I was like, no, I don't. He's like, that's because you're unsophisticated. That's what he said to me. I was, he was joking, oh, wow. but uh, it was funny. It's a funny story. Yeah, I, I'm sure in your heart, you're like, there's some element of truth that now you've got to work out in therapy uh, moving <laughs> forward. But um, Okay, so what are we at? So you're, you started in September. That was the start of our fiscal. So we're seven months in um, yeah. to this new venture to the charrette um you've like blown up you got 15 people as a very gentle aside and i mean this directed mainly towards the men i've never seen so many handsome men on one agency website as i have on your team page i like had to make a note about it i was like this would be distracting to work at this place but anyway um you have some like heavy hitters super experienced people and you've grown very quickly and you've done some really amazing work. What do you think is the the secret to that, you know, kind of seven month blow up here? You know, I think, I think the story is resonating with people, right? Like I think um, the whole idea of the charrette, you know, the leaders I've talked to, it hits home. They understand they're like, yeah, we started our branding on this product. It's like 14 months in, we're still not there. Or, you know, they even, um, relate it back to their billing, you know, like they're, they're looking to get like, let's call it a digital campaign for a quarter. And they're just not understanding where all the resources are going and like compared to the outputs, you know? Um, so, so the idea that of just kind of coming in lean, coming in with the right people uh, at the right touch points along the project timeline, uh, that's hitting home. Um, one of the other pieces that we have is we have like an integrated production studio. So instead of like going from concept to now we got to go source a production partner or we've got to, you know, find out who is doing this. And we're talking from very little simple product videos to like whole suites of product, um, like how to videos or whatever they are, branded content or whatever they're putting together. We can really translate like branding insights and strategy into that realm, like at the snap of a finger. So so that's saving time, that's saving money, um, that's getting things out into the marketplace where they can like add to the bottom line and the clients start getting the work. So getting the ideas to work quicker and a more efficient, like people are resonating with that. So, you know, we right. haven't even launched our social yet. We've just been playing catch up with the work that's already kind of come in. Good problem to have. Um, but we're really looking forward to it. And just really people that want to be here at Charette that kind of understand what we're trying to do. We don't want 
uh, paper pushers. We don't want just kind of middlemen. We want everyone to be a practitioner of something, right? Like you can be an account manager, an associate, but are you a writer? Are you a digital strategist? Do you want to be? Are you aspiring to be one? Like what can you do beyond your job? Yeah. And, and what can you do beyond your job? And, and again, like in, in a world where you've brought this perspective of like the more angles you can look at going client side, come back agency side, try out different parts of the business, take a Yale course. Like I'm sure you're, you're kind of the, the, the forefront of that idea of, of you can take what you've, who you are and what you're currently doing and, and evolve it. Yeah. And absolutely. I had an account manager once and I was like, uh, something came in. I needed a big copy rejig and I sent it to the account manager uh, and it came back the next day. I was like, this copy is great. I was like, you know, I think it was Ted. I was like, Ted banged this out quick. She was like, no, 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 he wasn't available. I did it. I was like, you did it. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I always got. And, and, and from that moment on, I was like, you know, cause I always knew like, Hey, I'll be the creative director. I'll go do a, you know, if I have to fill in uh, like a press inspection, a site inspection, go like, uh, you know, interview a vendor, take out the garbage. Like I'll do what I have to do as well, you know, to kind of like be the connected tissue uh, when needed. And I always like the idea that, that all the managers kind of have a skill set to bring to the table as well. Right. Because if they're just a manager, they're just kind of like they're just a conduit of information. And do we even need those people in this day and age? So, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a different model. I, I think that's the way everything's going, though. Yeah. A few years ago, I pre-pandemic showed up at a meeting uh, for a mutual client. And, uh, you know, there was like 14 people uh, around the table and then like me. <laughs> and I was like. And this is for a project where that we're the lead on. I'm like, this I'm something's broken here. <laughs> like this, this does not make a ton of sense. And I'm like, and I don't even know if I need to be here. This yeah. probably could have been an email, like that, that kind of that kind of thing, right? So you're definitely, you know, onto something. And the results yeah. are obviously already speaking for themselves. Uh, there are some really great work and awesome case studies up. The the website is charrette C-H-A-R-R-E-T-T-E dot C A. Uh, so definitely go and check them out. Uh, I'm sure we're going to be seeing Charette on the uh, Canadian uh, small agency of the year circuit in the not too distant future. If that's your thing, um, the work is awesome. The people seem great. You seem fantastic. And what a, what a journey you've had. Thank you for sharing it with us, David. Journey Map is hosted by me, Dave Hale, and produced by the full-service website production company, Craft & Crew. If you enjoyed today's interview and want to stay updated as new episodes of Journey Map are available, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you are listening now.